may be thinking that is a weird way to start a message, and, and you're right. Um, why would we start that way? Well, uh, it's odd to see somebody who is, is running with a baton in this race to drop it so painfully in front of all the witnesses like that. That stands out. Maybe even intuitively you go, you know what? Uh, I bet that young person worked really hard. And what a sad thing that they dropped the baton. And you'd be right. That is a sad thing. But I, I can think of something worse. And that's that in our faith journey, in the race that we're running, that we would drop the baton. That in the midst of us taking the baton and running this leg of the race that we are doing in such a great cloud of witnesses that we would drop it in full view of everyone. What, what a terrible thing. And I got to tell you that like people are weighed down on this race that we're in. And it's like there are voices coming from everywhere, chant, chanting and cheering in different ways that are very distracting. As an example, as people are running, there are this, those that are yelling out, name it, claim it, like blab it, grab it, whatever you want, you just say, and God has to respond to you. That is your authority in Christ. And there are people who are perpetuating that message. And those that are going, I just want this ancient faith that has come from the beginning about this God who created people in his own image, who loved them enough that he, he brought them into the garden. And then in their own sin, they were broken. And this God who loved them one, just wanted to do something for them. And what does he do? He comes in the flesh and he dies on the cross. And he gives his life that we would have life. And there are all these distractions. Name it, claim it, blab it, grab it. How about cheap grace? Yeah, you don't want to go to hell? Cool, nobody does. Just say this prayer and you're good. Like, all you have to do is just say this prayer and everything's fine now. As if the prayer saves us, not the faith in the person that saves us. Now that baton just keeps getting dropped. It's horrendous oh, that we would run this race, that we would be found faithful. And you guys, we got front row seats. I, I hear people saying all the time, like, I have pastor friends and friends within the church that have turned their back on Christianity and said, you know, I thought that following Jesus would look this way, but it's too hard. Or, I listened to my professor at school, and he said this. That makes a ton of sense. I'm, I'm out. Right? People falling out of the race. They're not running it like they used to. Friday was a, a cool day for me. Uh, I turned 32. <laughs> Wait, why is that funny? <laughs> That's my spiritual birthday. 32 years ago. Yeah, thank you. 32 years ago. Man, uh, it was so nostalgic uh, because, uh, randomly, a friend of mine sent me a text, and in the text had a picture of uh, a place in Terre Haute that wasn't far from one where I grew up and two where I received Christ. So it was really cool uh, to see this on the, during the time where I'm celebrating 32 years in Christ and thinking of the things that have changed through the years and uh, one of the things I would say is that on November 3rd, 1991, if you would have said to me, 
Kenny, you got to get ready because Jesus is coming back. I'd be like, yeah, I know. Probably today. If not today, tomorrow, I'm expecting him. Like that was on my heart. And then, I don't know, I went to college, read some books. One year turned to two, turned to five, turned to 10, and Jesus still hadn't returned. And I kind of went, hmm, I don't know, maybe I misunderstood. Maybe, maybe I didn't really get it. Pastor showed up and he started talking about the second coming of Christ. And I get excited again. He's coming, he's coming. And then it would wane a little. And then I'd get back in the word and I'd get excited again. And I see people falling right and left. And I'm like, this stage in my game, where we're at right now, not just, not just in 32 years of being in the Lord, but, but also in world history, I'm like, we're in the front row. We are seeing stuff that, like, we're, prophecy is being fulfilled on the news, like, daily. It's amazing. Like, how would you ever give up on Christ in days like today? Like, you don't believe there's a God, but watch the news. Oh, now, let me show you this. Like, there are amazing things happening today. Front row seats, don't give up. And that's what I think we're called to. And so, as it relates to uh, the Holy Spirit, I want to remind us, one, that we're on a race together. And it's important how we run this race. And, and two, that we need to be led by the Spirit. We're going to talk about what that looks like today. If you have your Bibles, I want to encourage you to turn to Hebrews chapter 12. Uh, we're going to read verses 1 through 4. If you don't have your Bible, if you raise your hand, one of our team members will get you a Bible. If you don't have one, this is our gift to you. If you go, ah, I have one, but my kids don't. Okay, cool. This is our gift to them. If you go, we have one at our house, but my neighbors don't. Great. Let it be a gift to your neighbor, but you got to take it over there. That's the deal. If you have a Bible, if your kids have a Bible, if your neighbor has a Bible, then just return it at the end. We appreciate that, okay? All right. Hebrews chapter 12. We're going to start in verse 1 and read through it. Here's what it says. Therefore, since we are surrounded by, set, by so great a cloud of witnesses, like there is this uh, idea that, that there are witnesses all around us. Some have said it's the invisible church. Some have said it's the visible church. Regardless, it is uh, people are seeing our testimony, those things that we are doing, the way that we are running this race. Let us also lay aside every weight and sin which clings so closely. You, you probably didn't even look. But in the race that we saw earlier, that guy was not wearing ankle weights. You know, that, that would be dumb, right? To wear an ankle, ankle weights in a race. But that's what they're telling us sin is. It's, it's weighing us down. Like, get rid of those things that hinder us. Continuing on, let us run with endurance, because this is an endurance race, not a sprint. The race that is set before us, looking to Jesus, the founder and perfecter of our faith who for the joy that was set before him endured the cross, despising the shame, and is seated at the right hand of the throne of God. I, I love this. There's like, there are all these witnesses, and they're cheering you on, like, yeah, keep it up. You stay faithful. Keep your attention on Jesus. And as we're running, our eyes are fixed on him. I love that picture. Continuing on. Uh, we'll jump down to... Uh, verse 3, maybe. Consider him. There we go. Consider him who endured 
God bless you, Tammy. Consider him who endured from sinners such hostility against himself so that you may not grow weary or faint-hearted. Uh, I love this. So our attention is on Jesus. We're focused on Jesus. And you know, like, there's no denying bad things happen in our world. And sometimes bad things happen to us. Sometimes we earned it, and sometimes we didn't. We're like, we, we were, we, we're victims in this. All those things are true at once. I have a friend uh, who is my accountability partner. You've perhaps heard me share uh, this story a few times, but anytime I get the opportunity to throw my friend under the bus, I like to take it. And this is one of those times. So Brian is my good buddy, and he and I have uh, been accountability partners for 29 years. And through the years, uh, we'll call each other up and we'll share back and forth. This was a struggle. This was a struggle. Oh, yeah, I'm praying for you. I'm praying for you. And one day, maybe he was just tired of hearing it. I'm not sure, but... Uh, he heard me share my thing, and he goes, hey, uh, that's great. When you suffer as much as Jesus, get back to me on that, would you? And I was like, oh. <laughs> so that was the last time I talked to him. Um, yeah. Sometimes we need that. But that's what, that's what we're getting to here. Like uh, Jesus, he continued on. Verse 4, in your struggle against sin, you have not yet resisted to the point of shedding your blood. <laughs> like Jesus gave the example, we're not there yet, keep it up, run the race, it's an endurance race, it's not a sprint. Guess what, you're going to want to hold on to some sin, get rid of it, it's not for this race. Uh, you're going to want things the way that you want them, that, that's not the way this race works, this is about Jesus, and be ready, because there are witnesses. Let's look and see where we're going, as we consider this race that we're in, uh, we're going to be led by the Holy Spirit. But how does he lead? Well, first of all, uh, we receive the Holy Spirit upon salvation. We'll dig into that in just a moment. We don't have to go seek him out. Uh, he indwells the believer, those who have been born again. Secondly, the Holy Spirit leads us. He does that by guiding us in truth, by convicting us and transforming us, by empowering us and equipping us with spiritual gifts, and he leads and affirms a personal relationship with the Lord. Let's just jump right in. We receive the Holy Spirit upon salvation, both here in Ephesians chapter 1 and also Romans chapter 8, we'll look at quickly. But uh, one of the things that is important for us to identify is that we don't have to go somewhere to get to God. Like in the ancient world, it was very common for deity to have temples up on top of hills, high and exalted. So people could say, whoa, look, there's the temple. And they would have to go up to that temple and going up to that temple, they would perhaps uh, uh, give a sacrifice, be that financial, be that from food, be that from an animal that they had or an animal that they purchased, that there was a sacrifice that was given. Upon that sacrifice, maybe the priest or priestess would have a message for them. They'd have to go there. The Holy Spirit indwells the believer. You don't have to go on top of some mountain in Greece. Like, uh, he is available. Ephesians 1, 13 through 14 identifies this when it says, In him you also, when you heard the word of truth, the gospel of your salvation, and believed in him, were sealed with the promised Holy Spirit. So the idea of heard here is not just, oh yeah, I, I heard that. I heard about this Jesus. Yep, uh, that's great. It's the idea of I, I heard and I received. I heard it and I'm doing this. Uh, yeah, verse 14 who is the guarantee of our inheritance until we acquire possession of it? Uh, it, 
being the inheritance, not the Holy Spirit. He indwells us to the praise of his glory. Romans 8, 9. You, however, are not in the flesh, but in the spirit. If, in fact, the spirit of God dwells in you, anyone who does not have the spirit of Christ does not belong to him. So for us to be, to belong to Christ, means that the Holy Spirit indwells us. If the Holy Spirit is not in us, then we are, are not a part of Christ. Uh, we do not have that salvation. So the Holy Spirit indwells the believer. That's an important piece of this. Additionally, the Holy Spirit leads us, and he guides us into all truth. <coughs> I've been praying about this for two weeks, you guys. I hope that you receive this with the love that I intend uh, because I got to be honest, a part of praying about this for the last two weeks has been the reality that there's actually some frustration that I'm struggling with internally that I, I don't want to stand on a soapbox and, and this is what I say, uh, but rather we need to be honest. So please receive it with the love that I intend. Now that I've said that, you really want to know what it is, don't you? Yeah. <laughs> or you're like, nope. <laughs> Keep going. Fast forward, Kenny. All right. Here it is. Uh, he guides us into all truth. Where, where are we getting our truth? Well, I've been doing this long enough that I've heard a lot of answers to that question. And I got to tell you, it breaks my heart when there is the king of the universe who has given us access to his word. Like, I, I don't even, I can listen to God's word while I'm driving. I don't even have to have it on the steering wheel reading it as I'm driving. It is available. I can hear it as I drive. I can go home. I have like seven different Bibles in one room that I can go and read. Like I have access to the word of God. And I would suggest all of us do in some pretty amazing ways. And it is the word of God. Let's like not forget who God is. This God who spoke and worlds were created out of nothing, something. This God spoke. And when he spoke, he chose a creation. And in the midst of that creation, he gave humankind this like high place of authority to look over all of creation representing him. And yet we broke it. Like we really messed it up. And that didn't stop God. He's like, okay, I have a plan here. I'm going to restore this. I'm going to fix this. Uh, it depends on me and I'm going to call you to myself. And the way that I'm going to do it is pay this ultimate price. And he goes to the cross and he gives his life. And in this supernatural way, he gives us his spirit for all who call on him. And in the midst of giving us his spirit, he leads us to holiness and to him. Like that, that's in here. But when we seek truth, uh, we go to a news outlet. <laughs> I want to know what's going on in the world. I got to find out what CNN says. I, I want to know what's going on in the world. I got to find out from Fox. What do they say? It's like, yeah, okay, maybe they report on things and that's just fine. But I got to be here. Or our kids are like, uh, oh, what's the influencer <laughs> What's a popular influencer? Ah, I'm going to go check them out because it really matters what their opinion is on this new Mountain Dew that's out. Like I, I, watch, I watch TikTok for like two minutes and I get dumber. It's ridiculous. Uh, like that's going to take my time? Or we, there's this athlete. This athlete that, uh, oh man, they sure can jump high. Boy, they sure can throw a ball. I wonder what they have to say about eternity. Or there's an actor or an actress, amazingly handsome actor, a beautiful actress who 
can afford plastic surgery. <laughs> Why would I care what they have to say about eternity and eternal life? And yet, we'll find ourselves just in this loop of checking it out and going back to it and going back to it. I'm not saying that we shouldn't know what's going on in the world, but what I am saying is that we have access to the words of God. And that should mean something. That should mean a lot. The Holy Spirit leads us to all truth. John 16, 13 says, When the Spirit of truth comes, He will guide you into all the truth. For he will not speak on his own authority, but whatever he hears, he will speak, and he will declare to you the things that are to come. Uh, actually, I'm going to wait on that. Uh, and he's going to declare the things that are to come. So the Holy Spirit only speaks what he hears. Uh, and so sometimes when we're following the Holy Spirit, it is important for us to line it with God's word and not just Hey, in my prayer time, I, the Spirit definitely told me this, and that's why you need to give me your new car. <laughs> no, uh, it needs to line up with the Word of God. And we need to be really careful uh, how we're engaging, even in that discussion. He leads us to truth in the Word. Not just that, but He also convicts and transforms us. A couple of things that I want to say about that. One is, I, I got to tell you, I am praying for revival, but revival in my heart. I hope that it spills over to you. I hope that uh, you're praying for revival. I hope that God does something in you, but if he doesn't, I'm, uh, here's where I, I need to worry about. I need to be concerned about revival in my life. I want the Spirit of God to stir in me, and when he's stirring in me, one of the things he's going to do is convict. Uh, specifically, when, and when he, the Holy Spirit, comes, he will convict the world concerning sin, righteousness, and judgment. Sometimes we talk about revival and we're like, yeah, we want this movement of God. We want people to come to the Lord. Yay! And also, a part of that is that the Spirit of God convicts people. And the idea is that we would confess that sin and repent of it. If we want revival, then we need to start identifying sin in our life. Allowing the Spirit of God to move in that place. You know what? Uh, this is sin and I need to address it. This attitude, this behavior, it, that's sin and I need to address it. Recently, I, I just, well, I just have to confess to you. The heart is desperately wicked above all things. And sometimes we can justify stuff. I don't know if you ever do that. I, I do that and I'm trying to, you know, build a context so you won't think bad of me when I tell you what's happening. About a month ago, Hamas invaded Israel. And in the midst of that, atrocities came. Uh, women, children, people who were just at a party, they, <laughs> they were taken, abducted, some killed, some beheaded, some raped. It was awful. And I got to tell you, my response in that moment was, just, just bomb them. Just go in there and blow them up. Like, I don't even care. Just blow them up. This is ridiculous. That was my initial response. That was something that, actually, for a couple of days, I had to chew on. And then uh, I was reminded of something in Israel today. Depends on which numbers you're looking at, but the numbers are somewhere around 97% are not followers of Jesus. And I don't know what that number is in the military, if it's higher or lower, but i got to believe it's pretty close to that. 97% don't know the Lord. 
And my answer is to bomb? What am I saying? I'm saying that 97% of those who are bombed are going to go to hell. That that would be my answer? Kill them? There's a place for governments, and they have authority to do things, and they need to. That's not what we're talking about. We're talking about the followers of Christ. Wouldn't it be amazing if we gathered together and we just said, Lord, don't let another person die in Israel without them knowing you. Lord, let let Hamas just be broken up. And let it be broken up not because they're being bombed and murdered, but because the gospel of Jesus Christ is penetrating into the hearts of those who have been hardened, those people who have gone, you know what, I, I think that Jesus is just this prophet, and that's all he is. Suddenly they re- they're revealed, it's revealed that Jesus is the Messiah. He is the one who died for them, who loves them, who wants to give them life, and that their lives would be transformed church that's that's the response that we have that we would go to Israel Lord God they missed their Messiah how did they miss their Messiah would they just see him now would somehow in the midst of this tragedy this awful thing that has occurred would they see that there is this Messiah who has come to them who loved them enough to give his life to be a sacrifice that nobody else could be that nothing else could cover that Jesus is the one who gives life and that they would call on him and that this number of 97 percent of those in Israel Israel, where Jesus was physically, they wouldn't, they, they, they wouldn't have missed the Messiah. Amen. Gosh, I want that. That's got to be our heart in all of this church. How much more for my neighbor? How much more for my family? Those that I can speak into. He convicts. He also transforms. It's the work of God. I love this passage in 2 Corinthians chapter 3, verse 18. And we all, with unveiled face, behold the glory of the Lord. Again, there's this imagery from the Old Testament of Moses before God, of speaking to God as a friend. That is imparted onto the church in a pretty cool way here. Are being transformed into the same image from one degree of glory to another. For this comes from the Lord who is the Spirit. In other words, as we spend time in front of God, as we spend time with God, there is a transformation that is occurring that is in direct correlation with our time with the Lord. I hope that each of us are transformed in magnificent ways that we would all look more and more like Jesus in the days to come. And I don't mean you need to grow a beard or wear a robe, but that's not what I'm referring to. But I am saying that there should be this spiritual transformation that occurs that from day one to day five, okay, you're looking a little bit different uh, than you did. There is something that is changing inside of you that a year later, you don't look like that person from a year ago, that five years later, you don't look like that person from five years ago. There is a transformation that is occurring because of this relationship with God that we're continuing to feed, that we're continuing to walk in a healthy way. In him, the Holy Spirit leads us to all truth. He convicts us of sin, and he transforms us into the likeness of Christ. That's his work. Additionally, he empowers us and equips us with spiritual gifts. He empowers us and equips us with spiritual gifts. Isn't it a beautiful thing 
that the Holy Spirit doesn't just lay dormant inside us, like, okay, well, I'll talk to them whenever, uh, you know, whenever they graduate into glory. No, uh, there is a work that he's doing even right now, that there is a promise, and then there is a fulfillment. Uh, let's talk about that for a second. Uh, I'm sorry, there's an empowerment. Uh, to each is given the manifestation of the Spirit for the common good. So each of us receive the Holy Spirit. Uh, we all, each of us who have received the Holy Spirit, all have a gift. A and that gift is for the common good. In other words, we get to serve one another. Oftentimes, I'll hear people say things like, you know, my gift isn't really like that person's. And I, uh, it just doesn't seem right. I wish I had a gift like yours. That's like, no, that's, that's not good. Like, I'm glad that God has given you a unique gift. He should, because we need that in the body of Christ. We don't need redundancy with a bunch of people who have the same gift. That would be ridiculous. We, we need different types of gift that are manifest and used in serving. Uh, that's an important piece to all of this. Uh, that's a really important piece to all of this. So how do we get there? Uh, there are assessments you can take, and that's wonderful. You should take assessments whenever you can. They're online. They're free. That's good. Also, uh, Paul didn't take any assessments, and he seemed to know what he had. So I would say maybe the best assessment is to serve. In other words, get out there. So, like, God, there is an opening. Uh, I want to serve. Let's see how we go. And you go, well, okay, there's a nursing, there's a, an opening in children's ministry. I'm going to go serve in children's ministry. And they go, I affirm you. You are so gifted in this area. Here are some things that I see in you. Keep doing it. You should do it. But they might also go, eh, maybe this isn't your gift. Go on somewhere else. Receive that. <laughs> like, that might be from God. Um, it's a good way for us to know the, the spiritual gifts that God has given us by serving, and specifically by serving one another. We need one another. The body just doesn't work uh, as well, as efficiently, as fluidly, as, as godly as it's supposed to if we're not serving. So there is a call to that. Additionally, he leads and affirms a personal relationship. He leads and affirms a personal relationship. With him. I love this, that the Spirit of God who indwells us is leading us, he's convicting us, he's transforming us, he's equipping us and empowering us for service, but also he's reminding us this is about a personal relationship. There's, it's not just a religious duty that you have to perform over and over again because uh, that's what you're supposed to do. Now, this is a relationship with a living God. And, and it's affirmed in Romans chapter 8, verse 14. For all who are led by the Spirit of God are sons of God. All who are led by the Spirit of God are sons of God. Meaning this, that we have an inheritance. If the Spirit of God indwells us. Uh, he is affirming a relationship, and the relationship that we have with God is God is our Father. 
He loves us. He cares about us. He wants us to know him, to walk more deeply in him, and to experience him. And a part of being a father, uh, a, a child of a father, is that there are some inherent things that you have access to you that you don't as not a child of a father, right? Like, we have a relationship with God. Perhaps that's part of the reason that Jesus leads when he's teaching prayer. He says, our father who art in heaven. He wants us to know there is this relationship that we have with him, that there is an inheritance that we have. And this inheritance isn't just, hey, wait till you die and you can get it. This inheritance is a part of the eternal life and the abundant life that Jesus promises here in the now. We get that. We get access to that. That's pretty cool. Uh, Cindy's Cindy's uh, grandpa passed away before, well, well before I ever met Cindy, but he oversaw a refinery in Wyoming, was the boss man, and uh, his son got hired. And his son is Jim, and Jim is a good guy, uh, but loves to push his boundaries. Nothing different when he worked under his father. And uh, Jim will tell the story about how he, he would go to work and he kind of did what he wanted to do because he knew that if somebody was going to fire them, they'd have to go to his dad and they'd have to have a really good reason, which, by the way, someone found. Uh, but, but there was this like, hey, my dad's the boss. I do what, you know, like now I'm not suggesting that we should have that kind of arrogance but what I am suggesting is that we do walk in a certain amount of authority in that our Father is God who loves us, who created the world, who created us in his own image, who calls us to himself. That's a wonderful God, an amazing God. Will we be led by the Spirit? As others are looking on and watching us run this race, will we do it faithfully consistently with the scriptures will we maintain this relationship with God who indwells us who leads us to all truth who convicts us who transforms us who empowers us and equips us with spiritual gifts and affirms a relationship the choice is yours but I want to encourage you to run the race well Here's some action steps uh, I want to encourage you with. I'm going to highlight those really quick. Uh, first, I want to encourage us in this season, as we go into this chapter of whatever is ahead of us, that we would immerse ourselves in the Word of God. If you're not sure where to start, start in the Gospels. Uh, if you want something a little shorter, go to 1 John. Those are great places where we still get to see the character of God displayed and better understand our relationship with him. Immerse yourself in God's word. You can do it while you're driving without reading it, right? We can hear it. Just okay. Practice spiritual discipline. Scripture memory. Uh, a great discipline. Extended time of quiet meditation. Let me be clear. When I say meditation, I don't mean like empty your brain. <laughs> like that's not what we're going with. But what I am going with is to take the word and just marinate in it. Okay, the thief comes to steal, kill, and destroy. But Jesus says he's come that we might have life and have it more abundantly. Well, what does that mean? And, and to try to understand it and to 
just kind of chew on it and wrestle with it, marinate in the scriptures. Practice fasting. A great way for us to discipline our bodies in a spiritual way. By the way, fasting is not just not eating. That is a fast, but that's not the biblical fast that we're talking about. Fasting is not eating, and in that time that we would be eating, we would spend with the Lord. Some of you are grazers. You just eat all day. Fast. You get all day with the Lord. It'll be a great thing. All right. Discover and use your spiritual gifts. Okay, I put an assessment up here for the few of you that are like, yeah, I want the assessment before I serve. Okay, there you go. Uh, And then 28-day gospel challenge. We're 15 days in. That's okay. You can still jump in. Again, the work of the Holy Spirit is to give the Son glory and to convict of sin. What a great opportunity we have to be obedient to the Spirit of God and give Christ glory and uh, as he convicts. You can engage, and here's a way to do that. As the worship team comes, uh, we're going to prepare our hearts for communion, and I need to give just a, a few, a, a few uh, instructions that are a little different than normal. First of all, in communion today, uh, we would encourage you to go to the station nearest you, coming down uh, the carpeted areas, and receive both the bread and the cup. And return to your seat. We will not have further instructions. You are free to participate at your seat or at the station uh, on your own together. So again, there won't be further instructions. Additionally, you'll notice that there is a place for offerings or for your connect card. Those are the red buckets. Those are not trash cans. So that's a good thing to keep in mind. Um, because we've had to take a few of the communion cups out. That's why I'm reminding you. Um, but at the, at the communion table, you can take both the bread and the cup, and there is also a place to give if you came prepared today to do that. So again, a little bit different than normal, uh, uh, but, but that will be the flow of things. Additionally, communion is for the believer, the follower of Christ. And we're commanded to and called to uh, take some time to examine our hearts. Is there any unconfessed sin? If so, then confess that and repent, calling on the Lord, asking him to fill in those gaps. And then you're free to uh, participate. Would you join me as we pray? Lord, we love you and we need you. We thank you for your word and that it's true, that it's good. Holy Spirit, thank you for leading us and the ways of salvation, that you indwell us, and we don't have to go looking for you as followers, that you lead us, you guide us in all truth, that you convict and transform us, you empower and equip us with spiritual gifts, you lead and affirm us in a relationship with you, and Lord, we recognize our great need. We also see that, Lord, the world is shouting so loud. Don't let us lose sight. Don't let us miss. Don't let us lose focus and drop the baton. Be exalted, Lord, in Jesus' name.